Uh, here we are. Welcome to episode 11 of the Pro Painted podcast. Um, you're never going to hear it, but we've been chatting an inordinately large amount of bollocks before we've just uh, cracked on and decided to actually record this episode. So you, you can hear both of them giggling away at the background. It's our regular episode, and I'm joined I'm by... Spent. Yeah, that's it. I think you've you peaked, Rob. You can just uh, <laughs> lay back, stop your dog eating the shit. Dogs, his dogs. I'm edging. I'm edging. He's got I'm his edging. dog in with him. He's in the kitchen because his missus has got a fucking early meeting or some bollocks. But anyway, we've got Rob Ellis. How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Welcome all to an amazing episode. I've got such a good feeling about this one. Good. Yeah, me too. Me too. And uh, we've got the the heavy Welsh breathing of none, <laughs> none other than Ian Gilmore. Hiya Matt, how are you? Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm, re- I'm in a really good mood, I must say. Yeah, um, so am I. I've just just nicely filled with a Chinese, which is uh, not like a like a woman or anything like. What's her name? Just food. <laughs> yeah, I preempted that pun. Uh, <laughs> so here we are. Um, great to get another episode uh, together, and it's our first proper kind of i'm not going to say review because it isn't a bit of a bit of a chat a bit of an overview we're going to focus on the the ideneth deepkin as um we've me and rob have both got the books we've we've had a look through um ian hasn't because you've got it delivered to your parents house for some weird yeah. reason well it's just too much hassle to live having it delivered to a flat Right. Okay. So I'm just going to get in in a couple of weeks. Do you mean a so flat? Do you mean a flat in Liverpool? It's, 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 yeah. It's not about. It's not about any of that. Ian has like gone off the grid. <laughs> so like he doesn't want anything going to his actual address. He's living up in Liverpool now, and he's proper like sneaking around. And that's why he's heavy breathing. Is it? Is it? Do I? Yeah. Is it because you're courting, and you don't want the yes. women to know? Uh, no, it's not that. No, okay. No, so you don't no. want some fine filly to roll over in the the bed in the morning and there's a uh, there's a <laughs> you've you've un- taken the plastic off an Iden Deepkin book and just sat there with your reading glasses on. <laughs> oh, you weren't supposed to see this. See this? <laughs> oh, I'm I've got nerd pride. Nerd pride. So it's fine. Yeah, Good. yeah. Apparently, you told Good. her it was a. Uh, you know that you know people do those colouring in books. Uh, you know that's like a thing, wasn't it? A couple of years it's ago, like the, these colouring books, still a thing. Books, de-stress, and, the de-stress and, and colouring books, yeah. and stuff. But he's kind of gone for that angle, which I think you know that's legit, man. In this day and age, you've got to be proud of your hobby. You can't be like Tomlin, where we're hiding our books and stuff when people come round for for dinner and not going on trains with your armies and, and painting in public and all the rest. So you've got to be proud of your hobby. You've got to embrace it. Man. What are you trying to, you're trying to say that Ian gets women to colour him in? Well, well, I wouldn't say no. Not, not, not colouring. <laughs> uh, what, what, what if it was crayons? Would you say no then? I, I feel like that would hurt. Mm. Pegging. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a proper pigment. I think crayons would be shit. Anyway, right, that's enough yeah. bollocks. Um, so, before we get on to the unsurprisingly long update about uh, Bellacore and whatever... Uh, <laughs> we should just call this oh. the Pro-Painted Bellacore podcast. That's Updated, what it's going. Yeah. Um, we'll give a quick mm. shout-out to our sponsor. So massive props to uh, to Curtain Games at the moment. Um, they've actually just announced, so do please have a look. In October, uh, it's the 6th, they're actually doing the first AOS Doubles event. Um 
just been announced today so definitely get on the curtain games website and check that out um i've no doubt the tickets will sell out pretty fucking sharpish um already a couple of bad guys are on it um so website as always is curtain games so it's k-i-r-t-o-n games.co.uk so they've got all their all their gaming area and everything is set up nowadays the, the you know they stream the top table um, there's still no painting requirement, which is which is which is good. While they're developing the scene, so it means people can bring, you know, the armies they want to use. Doubles always is the case. It's a filth fest, so bring your hardest 1,000 points yeah, you could possibly think of. Um, and obviously they've got the pre-orders up there, so they've sorted us out with uh, with all the Deepkin releases, which is which is awesome. So we'll get onto those in a minute. Um, and then we've also got, as always. I've got Mercia Miniatures, um, uh, which is the www.mercia-miniatures.com. Um, one of the guys in our chat, a, a guy by the name of Will, Will it? yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, really, Read really, really good idea. Um, he's used a couple of their larger um, undead models. So in your head, think of uh, almost like a more classical GW Wraith model to the scale of a Morgast and use them as Morgasts and they look awesome. Like if you want to go do, from a bit more of a classical look to a death army, that works so well. Did you know what that actually remind me of? And you know, sort of not to go off on too much of a tangent, but um, tangent. They remind me. They they remind me of the Knight of Shrouds. Yes. The, the, uh, yeah. the, the, the thing that they, they released, and going back to what we said um, a couple of weeks ago about allying in different things and those things having the same theme. You know, then surely that will uh, tie in with that, that 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 model as well. You know, so if you if you've got that kind of theme going through, and obviously with the with the supposed releases that GW are, are going to be doing going forward with with the with all the night haunts and stuff like that, then they're completely legitimate in, in as far as tying your army in. So yeah, good good shout on those models, man. Yeah, really, really very much. And they're from, if you want to have a look on their website, you want the Dutes, which is basically their undeath, uh, undead faction. Uh, they've even got a monstrous infantry section there. And it's got the guys, you can buy them in metal for cheaper or risen for a couple of quid more. Really worth checking out. They are awesome. I really like the Morgasts, but I can see how, you know, they're a bit of an acquired taste. Um, but yeah, great idea for Wilson Props for that. Um, so something else I wanted to give a quick shout out to. Um, I don't know if either of you guys have seen this yet, because um, I always like this idea of. I think one of the things I used to like about the Black Sun, uh, you know, particularly back in the day, is that there was always a bit of cross promotion. You know, letting people know about other stuff that's going on. And I think there's always something that's worth kind of keep, you know, keep going really. And I'm going to keep doing it because I want other people to check out other content that's relevant. Um, so you've got Mitzi and Jimbo. Uh, they've launched their YouTube channel, which is the Mitzi and Jimbo Show. Um, I mean, these guys have been on the, the AOS tournament scene and prior to that for a while now, and they are just two of those, you know, they're, they're just incredibly likable. And it's really annoying because I have to work really hard for <laughs> <laughs> people to like me. But then, yeah, you're, in, you're, you're inherently unlikable, though, Matt. That's I know. the problem. And it's because I don't like Mitzi, people. M Mitz, yeah, no, Mitzi and Jimbo are, are, are two inherently likable yeah. folk um so yeah um really really good really good chemistry about uh, between the two of them um so yeah they're basically sat down chatting about all sorts of different topics very casual um they do like a, a beer like recommendation uh, each episode um so they're on youtube and if you just search for the mitzi which is m-i-t-z-y and jimbo j-i-m-b-o show 
you'll find them on there. You subscribe. Obviously, it's got all their Twitter and everything hand, uh, linked on there. So do check them out if you you know you fancy watching a bit of YouTube while you're painting. I, I can't recommend them highly enough. I think- and, 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 and any kind of sort of uh, uh, what's the word? Kind of uh, seal of approval is uh, they they won best sports at Adepticon. Mitzi did, yeah, uh, yeah, in, like, a couple of weeks ago. So you know, if someone's go over and into the US kind of scene, which is perhaps considered a little bit more competitive than than uh, than we are over here, a little bit more hardcore, as it were, and for someone to go over there. And, and make that kind of impression then that, that's actually uh without sounding too teary-eyed that's, <laughs> that's uh, it's quite a proud moment for our uk tournament scene i think so yeah big props to them and check out their uh check out their their videos yeah in all seriousness definitely yeah. definitely worth a look um and i think they're putting out regular content as well so you can't ask, ask for that and they do cover their experience of adepticon and also interestingly the reveals of identity can uh, when they did those there and then um and the other big announcement I've got, which was revealed earlier this week um, on Twitter, which I'm super, super, super chuffed with, is the Pro Painted Rankings website is now fully live. Um, and I've got to say thank you like a million times over um, to uh, Matt uh, Arnold, Arnie, to start off, as he's the one that kind of did all the spreadsheet work. I'm an absolute wizard. Um, and now we've got uh, Mr. Tom Hewitt um you know who is uh, roll call battle battle roll um who's done the, the games workshop um 40k army builder who's who's basically done the nice shiny graphics website side to get the pro painted rankings up so it is now live so if you um you could do along with me um so if you go to pro all one word pro painted rankings.com uh, that will take you to the current rankings now, bear in mind at the moment, this is all manually done. So I'm manually collecting the information. A um, little bit disappointed with Games Workshop at Heat 2, um, as they're fully aware of the actual rankings and support Ben and what he's doing, uh, which has been told to me, and that they're happy to kind of do the same with me. Unfortunately, when I asked for the names of the painters and the people who were nominated at Heat 2 via email, they told me they'd be releasing the information on Facebook shortly and to have a look there. So not really the most helpful so i'm going to continue to make every effort i can to kind of obtain this information um so it's live um when you're on the website you've got both the list of painters and tournaments painters basically is the rankings itself doesn't mean a massive amount at the moment because it all starts kind of kicking in when you get four results in but at the moment, you've got the likes of Danny Cashman, who actually won painting um, at Heat 2, uh, scored himself 100 points, big event, so straight off the whack, and he's gone straight to the top, uh, along with Russ Veal, who's performed consistently and ended up in, in, in second. Then you've got Benjamin Saver in third. I'm actually in fourth. Um, Adam Elford, which we've just updated, he, he's in fifth. So what's going to happen going forward is that if you go on the website, the pro painted email address is there. You've gone to about at the bottom, click it. All I need you to do, if you want to submit results to this, um, I just need to know how many people there were, who got nominated, who won. That's it. Literally, that's all, all that I need to know. And then the rest is worked out. doesn't matter if it's a narrative event, 2,000 points, 1,000 points, doubles, does not matter. If you did an event and awarded a best army or a best painted army, whichever way you go with, with the award, we will take the results and it will go on the rankings. The more the merrier. I don't care if it's a GW event with 10 people. 
you know, I, if, if you know who it was, send me, send me the results. Um, so yeah, super stoked to have that up. Um, I, there's plans for it to continue over time. Uh, sorry, continue to get additional features over time. Um, an easy submit button for results, for example. But one of the big ones is going to be trying having a, a record of the armies that people actually score the events with. So a photo really. Um, so, you know, if Steve Wren goes to an event, wins with it, you'll be able to go on there, click on Steve. He'll have his list and other photos of all the armies at the events they scored. And then we can go down the route of doing, you know, almost like best in faction icons and stuff like that. As same as yeah. the, the gaming, gaming rankings. But what we need yeah. to do is make sure the core of what we're doing works. And then all the rest is just gravy. So that will come together as time develops. Um, so, yeah, do check that out. I'm super, super pleased with it. It looks super sexy and it's got pro painted all over it. So I'm well happy. And yeah, I just, I just, I just want to say on that. Um just a, a big shout out to you, Matt, for, for sort of really championing this. I mean, I know that me and Ian, you know, we we, we uh, dip in and out and, and we're here for the, the podcast, but that's something that you've uh, really sort of taken on board and, and got going and, you know, really looking forward to the uh, to the first sort of Painting Masters event, you know, and, and, and sort of reinvigorating that kind of thing. And, you know, something that we spoke about on our earlier podcasts about, embracing all sort of sides of the hobby and and people sort of wanting to be so sort of, you know you've got the the you know that that conversation we had about people podium in and, and and all the rest of it and, and and events having the one two three rather than just best painted and all the rest of it and you know, you've done a great job in actually you know going out there and doing that and that that will naturally sort of encourage events to sort of get on board with that sort of stuff and that's the hope. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and, and the more that, that happens, the the better armies we're going to see. People are going to feel more rewarded for the effort they put in, and that's just going to be a you know it's a cyclical a cyclical effect that will eventually just make you know people, you know, people that perhaps aren't interested in not in, not not interested in the gaming side, um, which is why we do it. But you know, having that you know perhaps they're not. You know, they're, they're like me, and, and we, we meet on the bottom tables, but they've got nicely uh, nicely painted armies or conversions and stuff, and you know it all adds to the to the overall sort of hobby and the overall scene. So yeah, just a yeah, well done for sort of championing that. And just did. yeah. I mean, I, I just think the scene deserves it. You know, it's the reason yeah. why I'm doing it. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Totally. And- Talking about event results as well, you know, because at the moment, um, if you think of like the initial sorting, so if every if everybody's on forty points, you've got loads of people on forty points, it'll go alphabetically. So to give you an idea, so Aaron Bailey at the moment is twenty first, simply because his name's Aaron. Um, whereas in all the way down in the 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 depths of fifty eight, you've got people like Wayne Kemp, just because your name starts with a W, you know. <laughs> down the line, the, the hope is to kind of do that sorting differently, so it might be the size of the event, you know, bigger the event, then that will matter more than alphabetical, for example. Um, but we've got Mister Mister Rob Ellis, you're down in sixty eighth. Well, yeah. But based on that, looking at that result, I've actually gone to. Uh... I got in touch with my local councilman and uh, <laughs> said about going about changing my name to Aardvark. <laughs> well, it doesn't um, matter because you're the only person on 20. Well, yeah. So you're well, owning the bracket it's, it's, of 20. Well, yeah. I mean, there's me and Steve Foot languishing yes. at the bottom. Yep. But we're, we're, we're both there. There's a bit of solidarity because we are, or oh, I say we are, he is certainly a hobby hero. Um, 
and you know uh, I'm in good company. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, Let's I'm not that. even on the list yet. No, you know you have to go to a tournament yeah. for that to happen, Ian. Yeah, yeah, yeah good point. How, how's that Maybe. looking? How's that looking for you? Oh, pardon me. Oh, how's it looking? That's a bit Chinese coming back up there. Ooh. Um, how's that looking for you two? Any plans for events um, later this year? Um, so far, um, we've got blackout planned. Good. That's the only one that's that's pencil that's actually I've bought a ticket for at the moment. Awesome. Um, I'm 110 percent behind that. Then I think I don't know. I might. I'm either going to have a year off essentially, and then another. start another one. Well, I had no last year was quite busy, um, and then possibly then restart in January next year and go to Paddy's event. Okay, cool. So yeah. so go to the because I'll be at the um, at the uh, Masters anyway. So might as well have it, take an army along even if I don't qualify. Sure. So, based off of uh, mine and Ian's last uh, interaction when we uh, when he when he popped down to Swansea uh, last time when I when I met up with him, and I I uh, proxied a bellwind uh, with a <laughs> Pringles can, um, which was <laughs> which is great. Um, we, we kind of made a Romeo and Juliet style lovers pact that we wouldn't reveal our, our, our sort of two new armies until perhaps the beginning of next year, um, simply because you need to uh, finish what you're actually working on at the moment. Well, no, no, well, no, those yes. armies, those armies themselves. So, um, Face Hammer is is locked in, um, and, and based off Ian's advice, I'm, I'm probably gonna. I'll, I'll have Bellacor finished by Facehammer. I, I won't have the, the Zinch contingent that goes along with him done by then, I don't think. But perhaps entering uh, Bellacor into the painting competition um, and then my Sigvald uh, conversion I'm doing entered into that as well. Um, and, and perhaps add a couple of things to my to my uh, sort of mixed order army to kind of just to just to freshen that up, so I, I've got a bit more of a, a gaming experience. But uh, yeah, the, the, the big reveal is probably is, the big reveal is probably going to be next year now, um, given the whole baby thing. And um, yeah, so it's, it's a bit of a slow burn. But I, I, I want to get to the point where you know, I, you know, I, I drip feed, and I know there's loads of whips going on on Twitter and all the rest of it. But I, I really want you know, so much sort of competition out there as far as best painted you've got. Um, Graham Shirley and uh, all the uh, uh, Chris, Ian, yourself, you know, all, all these sort of different armies that are being worked on. That I, th- I think um, I want to take my time with the chaos and actually make sure that I'm 100% happy with it before it gets revealed on a big stage. Face Hammer was, well, I say Face Hammer, South Coast GT was, this year was the, the original kind of plan for it all. Um, I moved that forward then to face hammer, um, and I don't think it's going to potentially get done by then. Too much baby stuff going on, I'm afraid. Yeah, I think you might be slightly underestimating the baby stuff as well. But no, I like the fact that you're kind of keeping stuff under wraps. Well, we'll, we'll catch up with you to find out what you're going on. But let's ask um, Ian, as you've you've not been on, you weren't on the last episode. What you've been what you've been fighting away at? What, what you've been working on? I've been painting Daughters of Cain. So I've stayed on focus, which is good. Yes, yeah. So I've just been, um, I've been, finished the first 10 with shelves. I've done the two cauldron guard uh, with shelves. 
I've done a hag. I'm in the middle of doing a slaughter queen at the moment, which is good. But I'm having a bit of I'm, I'm having a little bit of a wobble about how to proceed because um, I'm either going to go. I'm tempted to go a little bit more mixed order and mix right. it up a little bit because I've I've hit the point of the project where I've, I've realised where it's essentially going to be six months of painting the same model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because they're all very, very similar in the Daughters of Cain. Um, so I might, that's one option. Um, I've written a list which I want to take as an army, so I might just paint that. Or I might try to paint every option in the book and have a very sort of a little boy's army. There's one of everything. So you say little boy, the correct terminology for those who don't know, it's called a Matt Clark army. Uh, Matt Clark is uh, a member of the Black Sun uh, over the years. He's Jewish, but that's not relevant. Um, and he's been well known for picking up a lot of armies and taking one of everything in the army. Uh, 40K yeah. has called it a Highlander. <laughs> yeah, there can only be one. Yeah. But I think it's fairly feasible for the Daughters of Cain army, which I haven't, I've never actually managed before, is to paint every option in the book. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, because there's only there's not many weapon choices, um, and it's fairly so. I think it's about maybe ten between ten and fifteen choices in total. Yeah. So that's uh, that's something I'm quite tempted to trying to do. Um, just try to get everything painted, like do one of each, and um, see where it takes me. That's and the the, I like that. the other option which I'm considering doing is um, painting enough models to be able to do every battalion um so if i whatever battalion i want to choose you'll have potentially do i'll have the models ready for it yeah um so yeah so it's all it's all about the daughters at the moment cool Um, as it should be so plugging away and they look awesome um they look quite blurry in the foresight take of them yes um i feel like your phone your basically for those you you guys haven't seen them because you can't share them the photos are horrendous they're literally if you imagined that a somalian pirate was taking a hostage photo in the middle of the ocean and then somehow trying to get that to somebody that's what the quality of ian's photo is like they're horrendous yeah i literally expect all the witch elves to be holding up like today's newspaper yeah, they're quite um, um, they're quite impressionistic. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, it's like a Monet like, version of a photo. No, it's just um, a shit photo. But they but look awesome the other, regardless. Uh, the the other thing that I've done with the Dorsets, I'm building new stuff for the next stage, and the Canaries are possibly my favourite models that GW ever released. They just ridiculous they saw um the photos don't the photos don't do them justice because they're surprisingly small um the same size as uh the body's the same size as the witch elf but the the how dynamic that they are and how live they are is just amazing so it's really really just phenomenal sculpts have you really good have you started painting any of those yet no, they're necked on the list to do. Right. So, so 
one of the things you said which I found interesting was you were talking about painting your witch elves. So you're talking, you've painted your witch elf units, and then you actually mentioned about yes. doing the cauldron guard, and you mentioned about doing the hag as well. So yeah. for me, when I paint, I'd probably do some witch elves, witch elves, and I'd do a cauldron. But are you painting all, basically painting all the same-ish model, uh, not in a production line, but kind of in a batch, and then you're going to go and look at do something like the cauldron? Uh, the cauldron I'm going to I'm I, probably I'm going to I'm hoping to do I'm considering doing all three versions so I was going to do the cauldron with a hag a cauldron with the slaughter queen and a blood rock shrine so I'm deciding what because two of them would be converted because otherwise they would be a bit samey mm-hmm. but I'm trying to work out the conversions at the moment and which one to have as the normal one um, right so yeah, it's kind of it's that's on the back burner at the moment. All all the bigger stuff, and I'm trying to work out how to do it in sub assemblies because it's just confused me. Yeah, it's, like, it's read, read, reading the instructions are just like <laughs> I don't I don't understand how I'm meant to paint this. Yeah, it's definitely I did it. I I painted it as sub assemblies. I 100 percent when I did mine back in eighth. So I completely understand that sentiment. I'll tell you that now. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, um, so that's what we're up to. Brilliant. So, Rob, come on then, lay it on us. Um, I'm going to ask one quick question. Is it all is your all your hobby Bellacore based? Uh, for the time being, yes. until we get on to yes. I don't know. Then yeah. So um, that's good. I'm happy. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 good, good, happy, happy. Um, I had uh, had some new decking put in on the side of my house uh, over the last sort of week or so. And um, which friend of mine did looks lovely. Um, but <laughs> but <laughs> he, 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 he comes, he, he come, yeah, no. But he'd he come in and because uh, uh, the weather's been rubbish up here because it's Swansea and it always rains. Um, Swansea. He had to stop half. He had to stop halfway through, and he came in uh, on Monday to finish it off. Uh, and I'd gone off to work. And I come back a little bit early. Uh, to find that he'd, where, where he'd been cutting the decking boards, uh, uh, which is quite close to the, the garage door, pretty much my entire painting area covered with a nice little film of wood. Sawdust. <laughs> <fucking laughs> sawdust, basically. How? All over Bellacore. Oh, shit. All, fucking all over everything. Yeah, right. and g- wow. given that the the, the the it wouldn't have been so bad if the weather had been good, but because he t- because he soldiered on, fair play to him during the wet. It was damp wet sawdust, sawdust oh. over well, everything. So what, so what have you done? Um, well, I I I I've spent the last three days <laughs> cleaning <laughs> all my shit. Fucking hell, that is horrific. It's uh, amazing. So, uh, a film of wet sawdust all over my painting area, and most of my garage. So all my, luckily, all my sort of my mix order stuff and all the rest of it is in nice IKEA cabinets and all, the, all, all that. But yep. yeah, but not so Bellacore. But no, yeah, all over Bellacore. So I've been doing that, and I noticed. There are bits that I'd missed and all the rest of it, so I'd kind of, yeah, that's what I've been doing for three days. So yeah, that's my. Well, I've done 
sorry, Poppy, that's my that's my dog. I'm afraid, guys, um, barking there because I'm eating the hot dog. Um, <laughs> he just uh, just taunting it. You knew we were recording the podcast, and you apologised. <laughs> you you specifically apologised for potential noises, and you've decided yeah. to sit there eating hot dogs with your dog <laughs> in, in the room. My dog, <laughs> you prick. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, that, that's kind of what my hobbies consisted of: is, is cleaning my model, sort of damp sawdust. Um, I managed to get it to the point where I, uh, I cleaned it all down. I started doing all the uh, layers on the skin, so um, building that up using uh, because paint. Uh, yeah, using the uh, <laughs> obviously the thighs and and a, a lot of the, the musculature are based off of. Uh, the the blood tester kit and the scar brand kit. Mm-hmm. So kind of using those photos as reference to you know where to put the highlights and, and obviously GW done a fantastic job painting those miniatures. So uh, using a lot of reference from that um, to where to put the layers, but a lot of glazes. Obviously it's a big model, so doing quite stark highlights doesn't really work until you get to the really sort of fine stuff. Um, but yeah, no, it's coming along. Um, obviously, a slight delay this week, given the fact that I had to clean the fucker down for 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 a good seventy-two hours. Um, but no, all good apart from that. Yeah, sounds sounds great. And yeah, brilliant. It's it's like the gods are against me in trying to get this fucking model finished. Um, uh, obviously, I got the the sword done. I think between now and and the last uh, the last um, episode that we put out. Uh, I'm really happy with that. Obviously, you guys really egged me on in, in making sure that the contrast was working well on that and um, sort of really pushing the highlights on it and, and, and making it really pop. So I'm really happy with how that's turned out and um, stuff like the orb that, 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 uh, that I did for him using uh, the, the the CeeLo green shade mm-hmm. um, on that to really sort of bring, bring tie that together. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's coming along. Um Obviously, a little bit of a delay, given what's happened, but still cracking on. Really, still really sort of enthusiastic. You should have to come back from work and sit down and, and work on another little bit. Um, overestimated the amount of extra kind of spikes that I've added, sort of coming out of the skin, because um, I, I want to do the, the stratations on the horns, which are those banding kind of effects that people see on a lot of the GWs, like the the lines on the spikes. Yeah. Uh, as you see. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just, just cracking on with that, I guess. Awesome. But awesome. a bit of a delay due to the fact that I've had some handiwork done. So power tools, again, uh, causing me fuck ups at the moment. So <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to get back to eating my hot dog and we'll move on. I literally feel like the birth of your child is going to lessen to the impact of getting that fucking Bellacore model finished. No, no, well, I, I reckon, I, I think I can get it done. I think I can get it done. I know, Steve, you, you put that little, uh, you put that little challenge up um, <laughs> not so long ago, and um, Steve obviously replied about what episode he thought you, he was going to get done and what sort of release um, would be coming out by GW at that time, which he said a, re, uh, a remodel of actual Bellacore. Yeah. Which I thought was quite funny. Um, on a side note, Steve Foot winning another fucking competition for the Rolling Bad podcast. Saw that. What, what is it with that with that dude and winning raffles and competitions? 
Jesus. Buy me a lottery ticket. It's just the foot effect. Yeah, it's the foot effect. But that's that's my Bellacore update, so not much done, really. Awesome. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um, so I suppose that leaves me. What have um, you been up to, Matt? Well, um, consistent progress towards getting my Zinch finished for South Coast GT um, is the long and the short of it. So uh, as, I, as I hinted at, I had a couple of weeks off um, and pretty much a lot of that time was taken up to painting Zinch models. Um, so I got my this month's um, worth of Fetty painting done, which was super chuffed. Um, to have finished so that was 10 pink horrors 10 blue horrors and three more enlightened bringing me up to a unit of six um so it's nice to get that army built built out uh fetty itself has been fucking awesome like um from embers to inferno playing firestorm firestorm is so good when i have the first episode where i recorded one of the guys um involved with uh, from members to inferno we're actually going to do a bit of a review of the firestorm um, campaign pack because it's very good and i really would recommend people uh, pick up a copy if they can get people together to do it um so that's left me in a position whereby for south coast gt um i have to make my lord a change um now he's fully prepped um he's been all greased up gap filled he's all good to go uh, he just needs undercoating and crack on with the painting um i'm currently underway with the other addition to the army which is a gaunt summoner with familiars um and strangely i wrote my zinch list and it turned out I had exactly a hundred points left after include those models so a better wind's going in as well so I'm gonna... yeah zinch nut zinch come on yeah why not so um, I'll be picking up my, my bell wins um, this weekend, I hope. Um, and to be honest, I mean, I will say about the Gaunt Summoner as a model, um, I, I think I was weird. It was weird. I was a, a little bit daunted, daunted about painting him. Um, but now I've got paint on him, I've actually realised that as a model, although it's it feels like it has a lot of elements going on, they're actually all quite large elements so you've got the skin which i've done um then i've moved on to the armor which will be done in my red and then actually the only other main areas to do are his robes the feathers at the front and then the rest is just detailing like his weapons and stuff so i'm really actually quite happy because he's going to come together quite quickly and i'm actually mostly hoping to get him done tonight um now i can spend a little bit of time on his scampy little familiars who just even painting yeah. them as well. They're awesome little models. I love them. I like the, li- the little fish dudes, my favourite. Yeah, particularly at the moment. I think you could quite happily just go in like a little, I don't know, deepkin army. Just have him flopping yeah. about. Yeah, causing mischief. Yeah, no, it's super cool. So um, I, as much as I would like to say it's the case, um, obviously for me personally, for those who don't know, because um, I, I don't, you know, one of the things I want to do with the podcast is, you know, if people, I'm assuming people are aware of a lot of things, which may not be the case. But South Coast GT has historically been the largest singles uh, event in the UK, um, a very big event, consistently over 200 players. Um, so this year, slightly later, it's really, I think about 160, just over 160 could go up or down as we get closer to the event. One of the things they've always done is they've had a separate award for coolest army. And that's separate aside from best army and best painted. It's just for something that really embodies what they think is really cool. It's all judges voted. And I was fortunate. I put, To be fair, I put a lot of work in for it. And it's it's been covered on podcasts before. But I put a lot of work into competing in that last year. And was super chuffed to win it with my Cthurgle, my Cthulhu-themed Nurgle army. Now, we had a whole hashtag... Hashtag South Coast GT17 coolest. Um, 
which was really popular. There seemed to be a lot of hype about it. Um, and I wanted to kind of, I wasn't planning to, but I was humming and ironing about doing something the same with Zinch this year. But I think I've got to the point now where I'm running out of time. I, I can't do a nice display board um, as much as I would like to. And I've not really seen much from other people kind of approaching it the same way. So what's going to be really nice for me for South Coast is take a step back not stress myself out about getting all this extra stuff done, but actually at the event, just let my hair down and literally catalog the hard work that everyone else is doing. Yeah. So South Coast is in a few weeks. So when that goes up, keep an eye on Twitter because I will be proactively sharing all the awesome armies and I'll have a mega chunky super blog post to go up when I get back. From you, were so, you were so lucky that I was on mute for that, let your hair down comment. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, also something else I wanted to mention is that um, the people may have noticed that we haven't been doing as many blog posts uh, recently. Part of that is because I haven't really been to any events where it's allowed me to take photos of the best armies in a way that is worth displaying. So the, the heats, it's very hard to get the photos, for example. Um, you know, the War Chief Invitational we went to, unfortunately, we had to go home day two, so I haven't got photos of the armies. Um, so I will continue to do that. Um, I'm going to continue to try and actually get as many photos as possible, but I'm wary of using other people's images. So Heat 2, for example, I wasn't there. I don't want to use GWs or someone else's photos on my blog. Of, I want everything we do to be our own. So I was also redesign of the blog is going up. So propainter.co.uk. Um, that's all changing. It's kind of updating with our look. So that will be coming soon through. And that's also going to link in with our initial work for uh, Patreon as well. So the people on there are going to start seeing. I'm going to start doing some mini episodes. Um, I've got a very special one coming up uh, covering airbrushing, which will go along with a blog post because um, I've learned some more stuff, which I really want to share with people. Um, so there's a lot of interesting content coming from us. So do keep your eyes open. I'm going to keep doing this two weekly schedule as well so my hobby is doing an army doing the podcast doing the rankings doing the blog posts doing mini episodes doing patrons so there's a lot going on it's awesome i've got the time for it i'm not complaining in any way shape or form i don't have kids doing, every, doing everything <laughs> and merely and just coming in once in a while That's talking fine. about propane to do my baby one thing i did miss out from uh from from the general sort of update was i I've been having a lot of thoughts um, about uh, the painting competition at Facehammer yeah. and how I wanted to approach the Sigvald that I'm, that I'm doing. So, uh, yeah, I've been, uh, been thinking about that a lot and, and might run that alongside Bellacore, um, given the timescale I give myself to to uh, complete that sort of army now that I give myself a little bit longer. Uh, just something that because I, I, I really want that Sigvald, that model, I kind of want it to, or kind of want to paint it to the very best, like a proper display piece. Right. Almost. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you know, I've said before that, you know, with Bellicor, I, I didn't want to cut any corners, didn't want to rush anything. I wanted to paint it to the very best of my ability. But I think there's certainly a, you know, when you're looking at a, when you compare a big model to a small single figure like that, um, you know, putting in a similar amount of time, uh, you know, with blending and, and certain aspects of it, that, you know, that, that's something that I've, I've, I've kind of started planning out in my head that I want to do. And, you know, I know that you hate the technique. Well, I don't suppose you hate the technique, but you're not a fan. Um, but certainly when I go for, 
like the non-metal, non-metal metallic kind of look to it. Um, as far as the actual armor itself, so not sort of doing it gold or silver, but certainly that you know where where you see that the same sort of technique, but done with like a blue or a purple or a red. Um, using that to for him, um, it's going to be purple. Uh, but you know, sort of looking looking up uh, sort of researching different things and actually looking up different techniques and actually spending my time. You know, and if it if it takes me a week to paint a leg or an armor plate, mm-hmm. then then so be it. I know I, I know uh, Ian, you you, uh, you sort of you started uh, you started with Drago, didn't you? The Grey Knight. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you spent you spent quite a while, didn't you, on sort of yeah, yeah I spent down and, and you yeah, I spent a, a lower leg. Yeah, two or three hours to do like half a leg, and then come back to the next day and do a couple more hours on the same leg. Yeah, it was a bit of a pain to be honest, but it's yeah. good. It was good practice. Learned it's one of these things. The more you doing like a half leg over like two to three hours and then coming back to the same leg and then doing a bit more on the, at the same part for the next day for a couple more hours. And it's very time-consuming, but it does force you to learn how to blend properly. Yeah, um, I think the difference between, like, you know, I said about wanting to paint Bellacore to the very best of my ability. I think the, the difference being with that and the cigar uh, model that I want to do is... I'm painting Bellacore to the best of my ability with techniques I'm comfortable with. Um, so I'm very much, yes, it's uh, it's a big model. It's very intimidating. I want to make sure that, you know, I'm pushing contrast as much as I can, you know, taking all that sort of feedback from people that I've, that I've, I've, I've had with my other army and I'm making sure that, you know, that, that's in place. But as far as actually, you know, going back to what you said, Matt, about being a technique painter, actually learning a new technique and, yeah. Uh, applying that to a model and actually going that it, it's it whereas Bellacore as much as it's a big model it's intimidating it's kind of in my uh, and it's a lot of work it's still very much you know there's not a lot of that model I think the sword and the orb are probably the two sort of biggest elements where I thought you know, I'm pushing myself out of my comfort zone with it um, whereas everything else it's kind of like yeah I want it to be the best that I can possibly be but it's not it's stuff that I'm still comfortable with, you know. I know with the, the you know the, the detail that I want to put into the, the membranes and the, the face and the, the 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 true metallic metals that I'm I'm working on with with the metallic paints and stuff. It's stuff that I've not perhaps done before necessarily, but I know that I'm I'm quite comfortable with actually doing that. Whereas with um with with Sigvald's, you know, with his armor and and all the rest of it that I, that I plan to do, it's it's going to be something that. You know, it might look awful. You know, it, it might it might not work at all. But that's why I, I want to put as much time possible into kind of researching stuff and listening to listening to people. And that episode that the pro, um, sorry, the, the two piece podcast had with Tommy Saul, um, as far as his kind of thoughts and and all that kind of thing. Then um, you know, it's it, it, again, it, it may look awful. It you know, hopefully, it looks good. Um, but it's something that you know really want to sort of push myself out of my comfort zone with. So, yeah, brilliant. Um, I've got to be honest. 
Why are you talking now? I had like the Pokemon theme tune going the run in the back. I want to be nice. the very best. More of a karate kid. You're the best. Nah. nah, definitely Pokemon. I can imagine you in a jaunty oh, little hat running around <laughs> collecting animals and balls. No. Awesome. No, no. Right, well, we'll take a little break there and we'll crack straight on to our overview of a uh, hobby deep dive, pun, uh, um, into um, Deepkin. And we are back. So... um, Let's plumb into the depths of a um, the Ideneth uh, Deepkin book. So I'm going to start off by honestly saying I got the book, um, and in we did mention it, but in comparison to the Daughters of Cain um, book, this is a quite a meaty tomb. Um, there's a lot in here. It's it definitely feels more of a fleshed out faction in comparison to something like Daughters of Cain. And I actually even mean like the weight of the book is fucking hefty. Um, and I, my overall comments are it's really good. I mean, it's really good from every aspect. Um, the army seems cool. Loads of unique rules to really inspire you for using the army on the battlefield. Um, and yeah, I wasn't planning on doing a deepkin army. I'm not planning on doing a deepkin army, I don't think. Um, but um, I painted up ten Namati thralls, which hopefully people have seen. Um, and one of the things we mentioned, I don't know if you guys remember this on the last podcast, is the comparison of painting deepkin in compares to something like um, Daughters of Cain. Um, and I wanted to prove myself to prove to myself that the Daughters of Cain models can be painted as quickly um as the deepkin models because i feel the deepkin models would take longer um and wow they really don't i'm really impressed um if you want to paint them quickly you can definitely do it with the deepkin 100 percent, 100 percent my namati thralls i turn them out really quickly i'll go into a bit more detail what i've done uh with them kind of going forward but yeah most certainly i'm really impressed I've, I've got to say i'm really impressed with the book um and i think i'm going to do a slow grow army dropping all my daughters of cane plans and i'm going to do the buy a box at a time paint it up add it to the army build from there um rob someone else who's bought the book what's your overall thoughts um yeah it's uh it's been the first release it's kind of i mean I, i've been on the ever since i sort of started with the chaos stuff that was more along the lines of when um the zinch book hit so it's almost a year well it's over well over a year ago um, Zinch has always been sort of one of my sort of more favourite Chaos Gods, um, and it's the first release really since then that's made me think, oh, I really want that army. Um, I've uh, I've sold a lot of stuff in uh, in uh, preparation for having the the new kids, so I've got a bit of a hobby fund sort of sat there. And although, like I said in the last uh, podcast. You know, I really want to kind of wait and see what they do with the other elf factions and potentially Snesh. But when I got my hands on the book, it's like, yeah, this arm is really, really cool. Yeah, <laughs> I know really cool. we sort of said about uh, uh, one of the, I think it was Ming that mentioned it on, on one of the Twitter questions on the last episode about conversion ideas. Um, not necessarily converting like, conversion ideas, you know, massively, but stuff like uh, Voltrunus the, the High King sort of uh, giving him a 
you know, a bit of a you know, sort of a repose or, you know, I, I don't particularly like the head. I know that it, the artwork for him. What? Uh, I don't know if he, the, well, the, the artwork, I mean, the artwork for him, he looks like Bill Nighy from Underworld, uh, the Underworld movies. And he's, he's really pale and he's got that little pouty fucking mouth. And he does look like Bill Nighy. I don't know if you've got the picture there, uh, but look I, at it. I know exactly the, the picture you're talking about. Yes. And so that kind of, in, and going back to what Chris said about, um, you know, GW's artwork, you know, they've got the best in the business, haven't they? Let's be honest. And, and John it's Patch. so evocative. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but then, you know, it is so evocative that when you see something like that, you can't help mm. but then relate it back to the model. Um, and it'd be great, you know, you know they, they've got a lot of models and a lot of characters they brought out recently where you can have a helmeted version or a non-helmeted version. And I'm, and I'm sure... The model itself is so cool. I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't mind you just plunking a, a helmeted head on him instead, and like that's him anyway. But it's just it's just little things like that. The, the, the model range is so good, and it's so sort of inspiring to a point where you just go with what they've given you. Do I you think know what I mean? picking up on something you said there from from me personally and I've and I have you know I have said this before the models themselves in isolation from the 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 media that GW put out didn't overly I've got to be honest it didn't overly inspire me even the little stories they were writing and everything it wasn't it was not until I got my hands on this book that I've been inspired by them sorry this is not on mute then you weren't on mute Sake. Uh, I'm leaving that in. That's it. I'll stay in. I'll stay in. Anyway, so yeah, it wasn't until I got this book that I, I got really inspired by this. And there's awesome stuff in, you know, an example is a bit of art um, on one of the, the bottom, uh, uh, one of the pages, which I just really like. I really like where they've got the factions, which in my head are kind of the still the older 8th um, edition fantasy armies, which are kind of president in the mortal realms um but they haven't had that big development cycle that we've got with something like deepkin so there's a there's a bottom page spread of um some of the eel riders fighting some um uh, beast claw raiders and it's just an oh, awesome nice. picture of a, a saber tusk with the the eel wrapped around it taking a chunk out of it with the rider just looming over the top and it's stuff like that that really yeah. kind of makes me go oh yeah that's awesome um, and something else that you mentioned, Rob, was um, you, you mentioned, obviously, you've got a big boner for Slanesh. Um, yeah. Now, most certainly from, and I don't want to, I do want to cover the book, but I don't want to give, spo- not spoilers, but I don't want to cover it too. I don't want to tell you what's in the book. I want, you know, people need to, to pick this up and read it. But there's definitely a development, um, kind of additional, almost like threads, teasing threads are coming through about what's happening with Slanesh. Um, and one of the things, a phrase that I picked up on here in, in the, has in the book, it says, and it specifically references references uh, references to it as, because the, <laughs> there's so many S's in it, the stirring of Slanesh, which is very cool. Because Adji talks about Slanesh almost being like he's he's almost like caught in amber. So he's like physically actually restrained. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that that's the terminology they use. It's the stirring of Slanesh and kind of the Slanesh faction is, is hinted at being kind of they're, they're, they've got a new purpose. They're being riled up a bit. Something's happening. So 
yeah, it'd be interesting to see as the year goes on whether we're going to see a fully, a fully um, fleshed out Slanesh faction. In addition, just on, on, on sorry, can I just yeah, interject go. there? Sorry, um, there's a, a fantastic podcast, uh, and it's uh, they dabble a little bit in in AOS, but it's mainly a forty k one. But it's relevant here. Uh, independent characters, um, and they did a, they they did a series recently of covering off the four chaos gods. Yeah. So, um, and uh, one of their big things, obviously. You've got the big Nurgle releases, the big Corn releases, and and the Zinch releases. But when it got to Slanesh, it was kind of the, the, a lot of the podcast was about, you know, we we all know the the sort of nerd porny kind of images of of, of Slanesh in the past, and perhaps why Games Workshop have been hesitant in kind of, you know, perhaps going down that line or, or and, and it's been, it's notoriously apart from the chariots that came out a couple of years ago, um, that Chris loves so much. And, you know, they, they are awesome models when you see them painted and assembled. Um, apart from that, you know, there hasn't really been much in the way of sort of miniature development. No. Um, and one thing that they, they were talking about, and it is, it is something in the narrative of, of Slanesh is that, Yes, you've got that kind of uh, historically kind of sensual kind of look and sort of sexualized kind of thing with the boobs and all the rest of it. But uh, Slash, um, when you read a lot into the narrative, is about how there's like six circles of, of, of almost like hell that you have to go through before you get to the, the palace of Slanesh in the warp. And a lot of them are sort of based on gluttony, uh, like about... Um, sort of material greed um, and, and those kind of things. So, you know, it'd be quite interesting that if, if GW do take that aspect, that the actual look of Slanesh, I see it more as, um, as something they mentioned as well, is the movie 300 um, with the with the way that Xerxes and, and his armies are portrayed. Um, you know, you know, you could have you could have a, a champion of Slanesh. Almost, I mean, and they, they probably wouldn't do it necessarily in this style because it would take away a little bit from the Nurgle side of things, but like a big bloated kind of, like on a palaquin, you know, kind of uh, uh, representing the the temptations of, of, of uh, you know, greed, you know, um, I mean, and that kind of stuff. That, and, thread, and hope- that thread's more... Uh, most certainly from my knowledge, exist, the, the greed aspect has definitely existed more within the 40k universe because you've had the idea yeah. of Slanesh, like, yeah. you know, planetary governors and everything kind of just being these yeah. fat, greasy, uh, overly powerful individuals that you convert. So, I think, yeah, I think that's a very valid, very, 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 very valid point. And I think, uh, you know, now that they're, deep, they're, they're doing more of a, you know, the, the narrative of AOS has moved on where you've got civilizations now and they touched upon it with the the Zinch, Arcanites, and the Colts, and all the rest of it, it's something that you could really see them developing. And and so, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, especially if, the you know, the mortal um, kind of side of Slanesh was more, you know, was perhaps based around that as well, you know? So yeah, I'm really uh, looking forward to it. I think the... it's, it's great how, like, one... The, the point that I'm sort of eventually getting to is that it's great how one book that perhaps doesn't have anything necessarily well not doesn't have anything because it's very tied into the AF kind of narrative but how that can lead on and not to use the same 
keep on using the same word again to sort of piss out of you last time when you kept on doing it. But having that, having that evocative sense of, you know, it, you, yes, the idea of deep kid is amazing and it's a, it's a brilliant range. And yeah, GW are perhaps drawing out a little bit. I would, you know, I'd, I'd like to see more models released in a shorter time frame. but how they, you know, how these little snippets of fluff and narrative relate to other things and kind of get you the cogs turning as far as inspiration perhaps perhaps other things you know yeah definitely and um yeah well that that's the slanesh kind of tangent that's that, that's there in the book for people to read i think it's it's definitely interesting as the the storyline develops um and one of the things that i really liked about the book as well is that they've kind of fleshed out the individual because um, everything kind of starts off as the i think it's iron rack iron rock I, I can't think i don't know what the pronunciation is um that's kind of who the who the the deep kin are but they splinter and they frack and they, they break off into different factions and i kind of in my head uh quite quickly because we when you're learning something what you tend to do is is related to something you already are aware of so it's almost like the craft worlds so you've got like they're they're just like the generic guys you know they're the main faction they they rule everyone they're they're quite happy so they're kind of like beltan kind of thing yeah yeah that's, that's, there's, there's, there's even names of enclaves that heart that echo yes craft world names yeah they actually you know, do that, and I, I think the um, I can't remember without looking it up. Is it a metacratic society where it's based on sort of ability rather than uh, rather than sort of your bloodline, as it were, which is something completely different from elves normally, mm. where it's sort of based on martial prowess and what you've actually achieved rather than who you are, which I think so is a really the... cool sort of take on it. Are the different factions influenced by what realm they're in? Not yes. the... well to, to an element. Yes. Some of them. Uh, uns- yeah. Unsurprisingly, there's no massive shock as to the, the traits of these different <laughs> um, kind of factions, depending on where they are. But to give a quick overview, so you've got the Iron Racket, just like the normal guys. Um, then you've got the Dom Hain, who are known to be savage and even quite barbaric. So um, I don't. Dom are beasts, probably. Yep, kind of thing. And then you've got, um, I think, the Futhan, who are, they're the quick to anger, ever ready to battle and covered in red. So that's just like Samhain, like Eldar race. The one that I really like, I like really, is is the Morfan. And they're kind of like, almost like the Realm of Shadow ones. So their colour scheme is really, looks really like black, like bluey, dark reapery, black armour. And like, um, like grey and black flesh. They're my favourites. Yeah, they look like the art yeah. for that looked really really good um the one i do want to mention um which i made a specific note for is the nautilar i think that's how it's pronounced anyway because um i've historically had a dark elf army uh back in eighth which i painted in what i called my june it was my june themed army so they were in deserts um they had bone armor a lot of orange uh, orange cloaks cloth that kind of thing so i painted up my nautilar in that color scheme then I've researched the book and realised my colour scheme is 95% the Nautilar, which I hadn't, which, which to me is amazing. Like, oh my god, I painted it in a faction with its own specific rules mm. and didn't realise there were a thing. I'm super so, happy with have you, So, have you now got to do an army? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
basically. But that's going to be the buy a thing, slow grow. So the Nautilus is quite cool. They're they're like um, they're almost like the bone singers from from uh, again from Eldar to oh, keep nice. that analogy going. So they they've they've worked on the magics to be able to grow. So they found this deposit of basically shown uh, shown bones and uh, calcified remains and stuff, and started creating this city and building it out of the bone. Turns out it's actually the back of this massive. I think they call it a great um, uh, is a scaffold scaffoldon, which I assume is just some great big sea turtle so the whole city's on the back of it or it might even just be like a big like sea slug or something and it's just crawling along the bottom of the sea and they're just on its back it's just it's really cool like really really awesome so yeah. that's where i'm going with that um and in, in addition to that you've got um you still got another couple of factions as well which go along the same route you've got the uh, uh, uh brimadar i'm really bad at pronouncing names by the way um where they're from they're definitely from the realm of life they talked about them in like draped and seaweed and stuff so it really, just through like really simple things, has really fleshed them out very well. I mean, having a look, Rob, was it more fan that jumped out at you the most? Yeah, I think that and the um, really got on the back of the uh, the realm of life. Obviously, given what my mixed order army looks like, yeah, sure. Um, that that really kind of sort of. Uh, kind of sort of spoke out to me a little bit and that, you know it's kind of that double-edged sword it's like I don't want to you know I want to do something different you know I, you know the, the dark the, the dark sort of uh, scheme of, uh, of that the other one was was really appealing and, and the fact they got like that like the, the dark almost kind of uh, the, the black armour and you could almost sort of hide it, highlight it up with um, sort of your purples on the edge highlights, similar to how Dark Eldar are painted. Yeah. Um, how, you know, how GW do those. And, I, you know, I thought there's obviously examples in the book of, of that, and they looked really, really cool. Um, but then you sort of think, oh, you know, I, I don't really want it to be sort of an army where, you know, I'm necessarily going to do a full sort of set of them. But it's okay, well, then the life guys, I could perhaps do something with that and have them you know, where we said before about, you know, adding a bit more movement and, um, you know, having them with swimming through ruins and pinning them to ruins rather than flying bases. You could almost do that with a Sylvaneth Wildwood kit and have them swimming through trees and stuff. And, and that'd be a really good way of tying it into the order army that I already have. And, you know, I could perhaps do a, you know, a unit of, of the, uh, you know, sort of the eels or, you know, add add one or two things into it like that, um, and and I think that that would be really cool as well. But it's kind of like, well, you know, and it's it's obviously a testament to their marketing that you kind of look at it and actually, well, I'd, I'd actually really like to do a whole army of it um, rather than just do one or two sort of pieces. But then, from a time and sort of money monetary wise kind of thing, then you think, well, you know pick up one or two units you know and I, I think there was one guy who um i can't remember the guy's name but just uh i spoke about head swaps with the thralls last time with the sisters of silence masks someone did a head swap with um the tree revenants on the thralls yes so you've got the long the long yeah. flowing hair and and they look really cool because they've got that kind of grimace and they look a bit mean do you know what i mean and and that would be another way of of adding a couple of units in there and keeping the army fresh so no, there's there's loads of you know it's it's almost like they want to appeal to you know having this kind of mixed order thing and that's the great thing about AOS isn't it is the fact that 
you can look at an, a release like this and think to yourself, okay, well, I've got this army already. What pieces, you know, can I add to it? And and, and the conversions almost kind of sort of work themselves out from that point, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, funny enough, one of the things that I found really interesting about the book when you do have a read is that it's actually got me quite interested in doing a Skaven army because it, in in the fluff, it basically says that Archeon he tasks the Skaven factions with plundering the undersea realms. He re- he finds out the Deepkin are there, so you've basically got the the Skaven. They are like burrowing up from the seabed, or they're they're using like rot hawks because you've got like the pestilence guys like finding like dead dead leviathans oh. and infesting them and floating them down to the cities. So the Nautilar, for example, they come under heavy attack from the Skaven faction and they're like using like warp drills and stuff to burrow through all their bone cities. Sounds really... And I was like, oh yeah, a Skaven army. I like, like, look yeah. like they're fighting through a Deepkin en- enclave. would be awesome. That's really my cup of tea. Yeah. It's so, pro- yeah. So, it sounds proper awesome. Yeah. That's... I, I like that in the fluff. I like it when they bring in these kind of what are the other people doing, you know, even little hints. It kind of it helps you get those juices flowing because I never would have thought of doing a Skaven army um, or even having like my Nautilar army. I'm actually what I'm going to do. I'm going to put trophies on there from Skaven because nice. it, it fits the fluff. So it makes them a little bit different as well. Um, and it also mentions in their little things like there's a little bit of like a Space Marine thing about it. So, you know, we have like all the lost the lost chapters, you know, the lost legions. Um, you, you've got that with the with these as well. So because it says that one of the original factions, we mentioned a couple there, one of the original factions disappears into the gloom and is never seen again. They don't know what's happened to it. So potentially you might even see elements of, I don't know, death deepkin or you know, are we going to look at chaos deepkin? Those will be converted by Slanesh or something again. You know, there's a lot of kind of threads they can really really work on there as well so loads of like awesome ideas so you could even do even off the bat you could legitimately do like a slanesh themed deepkin army which would be pretty mental yeah that sounds good so it's something i hadn't even thought about before picking up the book and it's i've got i must have a list of 10 10 15 different things i just think just just work really well um but one of the big winners for the book for me which i i didn't because rob's rob's mentioned it but uh with uh uh Volneros, he's um he's awesome like the the story in, behind him is, is brilliant he, he actually says that one of the reasons why teclas kind of kicks him to the curb is that he he he's got like his, his light that reveals all truths eventually um and the, the deep can kind of turn away from that but he's the only person who actually faces it um he, you know the secrets are revealed and he then still sides with the deepkin and flees with them um and he's one of the last kind of initial he's, they say he's one of the first deepkin to kind of be created by techless so it's all really cool um but then it has like a bit of fluff where it talks about um he's he's quite outgoing um he he's you know he's willing to ally with other races he's he's, he's less he's, isolationist he's, than the rest he's actually the first he's the first Aeof Soul be rescued of, from Slanesh. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, like, it, you know, and you kind of think, well... What was the last was that, thing that Slanesh might have devoured? Exactly, and, and it's, it's like they call it, you know, storytelling. It's a beat, isn't it, Jimmy? Are they going to... You know, that is something that, yes, he, you know, he's the main sort of special character of the of the army, but 
where does that lead on to? Do you know what I mean? What, is, is that going to be revisited? Obviously, it's going to be revisited, but, you know, it gives what does so that mean scope. for the future? Yeah, it's amazing. And, and, you know, it just goes to show that, and, and again, it is something that another podcast picked up on uh, that I've been listening to recently. It's like the world building, and, it, you know, it's why they blew up, you know, it's why they did what they did with the old world. You couldn't, I mean, you, you could potentially do something like the Deepkin at a stretch mm. in the old world. It would take a lot of disposition to be able to do it. Um, but ultimately, you you know, have it, having these models, having these figures, having the... And it's not necessarily just, you know, because you could just say, oh, these are sea elves now. Yeah. Happy days. Here you go. Here's an army. They're all on rectangular and square bases. There you go. Happy days, right? Um, but with AOS, it's they've worked it into and you know we've spoken about Skaven we, you know we're doing a Deepkin sort of review it for want of a better word we've spoken about Skaven we've spoken about Slanesh yeah. so, I mean it's it's developing these armies yeah. and actually bringing out something that forwards the storyline not like an Empire release where it's like oh yeah we've just found these these uh demi I was going to say forest. exactly that that's a very valid point we don't really have that anymore we don't have the old yeah, these knights went out to the forest and look what they found. They found these mounts. We've had them forever. Yeah, and it's like shoehorning <laughs> yeah. these kind of things in into a narrative where actually the, the armies that they're releasing are driving a narrative forward. And yeah, this must it's... have been what it was like in the mid-70s. Yeah. You know, when when, when people first saw Skaven. Do you know I mean? When people first saw... You know, there's not a lot of stuff that was in the old world that doesn't draw from previous tropes and you know so it's kind of like okay well you've got a skeleton army well there's always been skeletons do you know what I mean the Ray Harryhausen movies with Clash of the Titans and that's all that that was but there's there ain't been no elves riding heels do you know what I mean and, <laughs> no. and, and, and what does that mean you know where does that drive the story forward and and for the guys that you know that you know for, for all of us we're in we, we buy into the story we buy into the 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 evocative nature of, of the narrative that this this is what this is why it's so exciting so I just can't you know can you imagine what you know I've said it pretty much in every podcast since these elves have been released the doors of Kanan Aidan Deepkin the stuff that they're going to do with Malarian and Teclas and Tyrion and Sinesh and the the Nighthawk stuff and you know when they do free peoples you know the, the, it's all going to be amazing and it's great time to be in the hobby and the Deepkin, it's one of those first books, you know, there's been a couple, you know, Caradron Overlords were one and they're very evocative as far as, you know, you saw the artwork and you saw the, the tentacles rising up through the smoke and stuff, but there wasn't, and the, the mention of the, um, the Grot Pirates and kind of, there was a little bit of that with that. Yeah. This is the first book that's kind of, really pushed that narrative forward and, and sort of just opened up this big can of worms where people are like, yes, this army is amazing, but what does it mean for the future for everything else, you know? I think they've started with that more recently, haven't they? And they've created the intrigue by yeah. drip-feeding it in because there's mentions of the Deepkin in the Daughter Kane book very, very briefly. Um, I haven't... So it's kind of... It's one of these things that it's... it's pointing in the direction of the future releases without giving you any definitive information about them. 
Yeah, there's there's one bit of artwork. I'm not sure if it's in deep in art uh, in in the book, um, where an army's fighting Skaven, and in the background, there's like um, it, the best way to describe it is you know that like um, the big sort of crab walker that the Necrons have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's almost there's like a couple of them in the background. They're like covered in warp stone and with Skaven on top of them and stuff. And it's kind of like well. You can see, you know, if it's in the artwork, there's a good chance that someone's sort of conceptually come up with that idea. And there's probably a figure of one of them sitting around somewhere, do you know what I mean, waiting to be released. So the fact that, that you know, they've, they've built this kind of, they've blown it all up and they've, they've built this kind of storyline to, it just gives them free reign to do whatever they want. And, I, I, you know, the Deep you know, are probably the first, I keep saying, it's the first army that really harnesses that. And some, sense. something else as well that I was, I was that's worth mentioning is how easy would it be if you think how easy would it be for them just to go oh right this is mortal realms and uh, there's elves that live under the sea never mind all this techless has come and created and done all this and just gone yeah there's, there's just elves they're just Atlantean elves that live under the sea they could have just done that they ha- they really haven't they've made it their own their own thing which is which is what I really love I really really do um and one of the things that are kind of talking about developing things going forward is the, the the painting guides in the book, like really good painting guides. They've got a, I think, a five step painted to a very good level for each of the enclaves that we've just mentioned over over four pages, which is fucking brilliant. Um, then it's also got, you know, it's got how to paint the skin, how to put different ways of painting the armor, how to paint all the little animals, how to paint all the eels. I mean, I think it's eight, eight, ten pages or so, but it's all in there. It even goes how to do shells, how to do levered uh, on skin, howders, um, barnacles. It's brilliant. This is like for painting. This is awesome. Like, really, really, really impressed that that's in the book. It's quite a contrast with the daughter's book, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I mean, this even has, like, um, it gives you an idea of how to run the army and what combos to use and stuff. Like, it goes that far. Really, genuinely, this is a bloody good battle tome. I think this is the best they've produced today. Hands down, this is the best. With the way they flesh things out, the world building they're doing, the resources they give you to paint the models, you know, the fact that they kind of hint you towards army builds, the fact that the battalions are all usable, that they're quite cool. You've got one's battalions that are specifically mixed with Sylvaneth and um, uh, and with the Deepkin. And there's a little story in there that says how when the Deepkin, they, they end up fighting a Chaos army and they become allies of convenience, they're completely shocked that Sylvaneth are... Um, uh, affected by the, the tides of death ability as well so their edacy affects them it makes them stronger gives them the benefits so that's the battalion you've got that in the battalion so that's an awesome theme doing like a sylvaneth themed deepkin joint allied convenience army um that maybe you've developed you know maybe they're a few years down the line and they're raiding and pillaging on the same shoreline and they get to know the sylvaneth and then defending and attacking and whatnot you could just do a really cool themed army i'm really really impressed with the stuff that they've got that they've got in there it's really well thought out one of the other things that i've been really impressed with so i'm going to go back to the painting side is that there's been a lot of the um um uh, i think this is probably the most deepkin models i've seen painted outside of nurgle for a long time 
super popular for people to paint. Um, and the uh, the Edelons of Mathalan really, and they're yeah. hell of models to tackle. I, I've props for people just cracking on straight with them, but there's a lot out there. And that's a, that's, a, that's a very good segue, I think, to uh, potentially Ian's idea that he had for one of them as an ally. Yeah. Well, what I wanted to mention quickly is that um, I, I said earlier that I painted this unit of thralls and. I have found with them they are the a great army for um, basically clearly defining when you're painting um, these deepkin models um, the the detail on them is is minuscule. So with Zinch, for example, if you're painting an armor plate, you've normally got an armor plate which has then got a very specific edge to it, which would normally paint say in a different color, say gold. Um, but it's very fiddly. It's very detailed. It's got little curves and everything in it. So with the Deepkin, they're a lot. They're almost like Stormcast in a way. You know, they have very defined areas of detail. But what it means, it allows you to do with these particular models, is they're very um, singular kind of texture. So a cloth, you can paint it one colour and, and wash it. So with like a, a Namati model, you could literally do paint the skin one colour, wash it. Paint the armour one colour, wash it. Paint the cloth one colour, wash it. Paint the weapons one colour, wash it. Paint the the trousers and stuff one colour, wash it. And that's the model. Like there there aren't those other details that you need to spend the time kind of picking out. It's only a small detail, but it's got three or four different things to do painting. And when you actually look at the entire range through that perspective, you realise that's actually the army across the board. So for those who may be looking at Deacon and thinking these aren't going to be a quick army to paint, they're not going to be quick as something like Stormcast, but actually they're going to be a very efficient army to paint because they're quite small as well. So painting. So if you were going down that route, me personally, what I tend to do and what I did here is that if I'm just relying on washes and shades and maybe an odd highlight, so my Namati have got no more than one extra highlight on the cloth and one face highlight, that's it you want to go for a lighter base coat. So in the past, if I was painting bone armor, I would have literally gone straight to a bone color. So that would be Ushabiti bone, for example. Now, nowadays, when I know that I might be glazing or relying on washes, and just to be clear to those people who may not be aware, um, for me personally, a wash is something that pretty much you could use straight off the pot and you may be kind of put a dab of uh, Lamian medium in when you start going towards the glaze is when you're getting to you know your your recipe is is going to four to six to eight parts Lamian medium to one point of water so literally you're doing one dab of ink or wash and then you're adding loads of Lamian medium to it as an example that's when you're starting to get to glow to a glaze because what you want to do is you don't want to you don't really want to change the pigment of the the color underneath too much you just kind of want to tint it if you think of like tinting it's a much better way of kind of approaching glazes so yeah. i always go with a lighter base coat now so i actually went straight for screaming skull as the base coat for the armor two thin coats um glaze over the top and because it's a lighter color you don't get like that back in the day you used to be people used to paint everything it eighth eighth head was was rife with it you get everything base coated one color and then people would literally slop this thick coat of devil and mud all over the model and it worked fine it was magic at the time but as the quality of models have really improved now you you can you can paint and the paints are better so like screaming skull jesus you can literally paint that on as you can almost ever white get away with one base coat 
with, with a layer paint, which is impressive. But a light, if you're looking at doing the washing or you're looking at doing glazers, then you want a nice solid colour and you always want to go a little bit lighter so that when you wash it down, it doesn't go really dark and dirty and muddy. I don't know if you guys approach it the same way. Yeah, I tend to um, go use, I tend, I, quite often I use the wash the last thing I do. Right. Um, and it creates the, it creates the natural blend and it creates a definition in the shadows. Um, so it depends on what colour I'm doing. It does vary. But that way, it, I tend to base coat and highlight lighter than I want it to be finished. Yeah. And then and then tint it down using either a glaze or a wash. No, that, that's, um, that's definitely it, another I, way to approach it. Yeah, and it works yeah, nicely. For example, um, things like... Um, like rack of flesh, um, highlight with bleach bone, and um, wash with a thonian camera shade is very good for sort of dirty um, strapping. Right. Because um, you got that greeny, browny tinge. That's a cool idea. Um, but it's really quick to do. Um, but it's, it's you can't do it. It's got to be done that way. Um, but yeah, it just works really well. Um, because you can't do, you can't. It looks wrong if you highlight it afterwards. Mm-hmm. So it's got to create. You create the highlight by where the wash settles. Yeah, but it's just hard to explain. Yeah, but also if you think of it, if you think so, a thonian camera shade is like, as you say, it's like a, a greeny brown wash. So if you're then, if you washed it and then you went to apply something like bone, which is a which is a light bone colour, you've completely lost that tint. Yeah. You know, you've you've lost the elements of that brown and green because that's going to be on the rest of the bit that you haven't shaded. So, yeah, you're, you're definitely right about that. And interestingly, talking about green, this is something you can see, in. but looking at the actual Eidson of Deakin book, you've got a um, concept painted army on the front. If you look from the... From like the bottom part down how awesome would an army painted in that way because it's all like the murky green oh yeah it's all mono yeah that'd be yeah I'm, that's one of my temptations is to continue the scheme I'm doing on the daughters yeah, onto the green yeah into the deepkin and I think it it also would work quite well with Stormcast yeah Caradron I'm quite tempted to go mixed order which is um, quite a worrying rabbit hole. I might, <laughs> yeah. I might, I might follow. It opens up um, an awful lot of doors. It does, yeah. So, but, um, Rob, Rob mentioned a minute ago about your your allies idea, and you've just hinted at opening up a, you know, a load of options. So, what what was the idea you had? Well, I was. I'm aware. I've become aware that the Eidolon is 400 points on the nose. Yes. So I was thinking of possibly doing, allying in the Eidolon into my daughter's army, mm-hmm. but rather than do it as the Eidolon of Mathlan, do it as the Eidolon of Cain. Very cool. So so doing it in a similar style model, possibly basing it on the same, um, like rather than painted as water, potentially painted as blood. Yeah like a big flowing cloak of blood coming off it. Um, but then I'm not sure how exactly to do the um, replace the bloke with a more canine version. I've it's just, a bit of a Rob Ellis type I've just, conversion, I've just I imagine. I've mental idea of having just literally just putting the idol of the, 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 the statue of Cain model off the back of the cauldron, just 
stick yeah. him in the cloak and just have him always like a Jesus. He's just like a Jesus pose, just like walk, walking, walking through air with his arm out and everything, just on his cloak of blood. That'd work. Yeah, one option. That's it. You don't need. Um, funnily, funnily enough, don't need exactly Bobby's skills su- for that. Exactly what I suggested, but what you'd need is because he was he's facing forward. You'd need two Eidolon cloaks. Right. So yeah. So where is the Eidolon? Uh, the the Eidolon is turning right. Um, so the cloaks flowing right uh, around him, as it were, uh, to an extent. Having two of those cloaks merged together, so that you've got the so the so they're even on each side, and then having the you know the the avatar of Cain, you know, obviously sort of changed up a little bit and potentially, uh, you know, taking elements from the Eidolon body itself, but adding the more canine uh, armor elements to it um, and having that sort of as a central piece. So it's more face on, whereas the Eidolon itself is, it's, 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 it's going to one side, isn't it? Whereas you'd have to have the, you know, the, the avatar sort of facing front as it were, almost like the uh, Celestine Prime. That'd be that'd be quite a cool thing to do. Yeah, no, totally agree. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it might Just, be beyond my skill set though to be able to. Uh, get you have to buy you have, you have to buy two Eidolons, though, wouldn't you? And uh, and have a spare avatar knocking about. But like as you said, you're uh, you're you're in uh, you're in my town now when you're talking about that sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, standard Alice. Yeah. Awesome. Was was there anything, Rob, that you you wanted to kind of hit on, uh, having looked through the book? Anything I've not mentioned that kind of struck you? I, th- I think the opportunity, um, you know, one thing that we, with the painting guides, it was, uh, you know, there's so much kind of uh, inspiration from, you know, you just Google, you know, brightly coloured fish, and you'd, you'd come up with loads of different colour schemes and you know d- uh, different opportunities to sort of paint you know obviously with the eels they've got the, the modelling patterns on them that they've got in the book and the sharks and the all the different sort of uh, beasts that are in there and just a really good opportunity to try out different techniques in that regard so again not, not much in the way of uh, sort of conversion opportunities apart from sort of reposes or little bits and bobs here and there but I think um, as a painter's army I think it's up there with the with the best of them as far as giving you a bit of a blank canvas because, again, you know, there's no um, apart from the enclaves that they've kind of suggested, you know, in the books that kind of more relate to the the ales riding them rather than the the monsters themselves. Obviously, there's a certain sort of colour palettes that each of the enclaves use, but how you apply them and whether they're stripes or model patterns or or however. I think it just, uh, I don't think there's necessarily been an army yet that gives you that kind of free reign to just go nuts and and, and come up with a colour palette that, that necessarily, I mean, you can do it with any army, you can paint them however you want, but um, still keeping it within the realms of the narrative. You know, you can, you can paint your, your Stormcast, you know, pink if you want, but there's there's not necessarily a, a pink stormcast chapter out there or chapter or, no. or chamber, but do you know what I mean that like you, you you could paint you could pretty much paint a, a deep army however you wanted, and it would still 
sort of be relevant to that if, if that's what you you know if that's what kind of you care about you know yeah, particularly where you've got, um, you know, we've historically had, for example, Stormcast, which have, you know, they, they've almost got their own Space Marine-esque chapter, but they all inherently called from, um, you know, Stormheim, they're all from Azaheim, um, you know, they're, they're from from that realm whereas actually the deepkin they have taken on you know from the book they've taken on the attributes of each realm that they're, they're from so there's nothing stopping you having you know a faction that could be based around the realm of metal etc etc and you can do the color schemes to go go with that because they are would be inhabitants of that realm so it's definitely something you you've almost kind of freer to do than you would be with stormcast from a kind of a fluff from a fluff and background kind of perspective yeah i think the, 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 the only army really that kind of gives you that kind of free reign and, and it, it's a it's a taking inspiration from nature almost is is a silverness um you know being able to kind of sort of almost paint this you know there's probably not an army other than them out there that has such a, a potential for such a broad color palette as far as mixtures of colours and and actually being able to do them however you however you want, I think it's quite interesting with the deepkin the fact that you can have all the elves painted the same, but then you can throw in all the different animals in a variety yes. of colours. Yeah. So you can have because you wouldn't expect the shark to be the same colour as the eels to be the same colour as the turtle, so you can throw in the variation of what you're doing. And in the palette by the creatures rather than the actual elves themselves. Yeah, um, which would be quite. You still keep the coherency then, don't you? Through the the elves yeah. that are on, on you know yeah. they're painted however they're painted, you know, in your bone armor, armor color scheme like, like you've done that. But you know, if you um, you know, they said you can go wild on the on the. Yeah, you, can paint, on the you, can, you can paint whatever, literally whatever color you want. Yeah. And um, whatever takes you fancy at the time. Because it's, it doesn't, it's not going to be, you don't have to paint it anything else in that scheme. You, all you've got to do is paint all the evil, eels the same way. Then it doesn't really matter what you paint the uh, turtle as because it's a different thing from nature. So yeah, it's quite a, it's quite a tempting project, I'll be honest. That's basically what's happened with me when I read the book. Um, so, was there any kind of <laughs> any, any any final words you guys want to uh, add to our, our deepkin overview? Um, I'm just going to say, just pick it up. Even if you're not looking at getting deepkin, um, there's a lot in there uh, to kind of give you ideas outside of that. I'm going to I'm going to paint the Doctor Octopus and um, see what happens. That's my plan. Awesome. Anything from you, Rob? Any final words? Yeah, I think. Um potentially do the same thing with a um you know the lord on the back of the deep mare perhaps do a bit of a a kit bash with him and uh, see how that turns out just pick up one model and you know if it if it try it out you know, try it out and then uh, see how it goes perhaps add it to the uh add it, you know sort of theme it around the um you know the, the mixed order army that i've already got and just see how it works out awesome yeah and um one final thing that I've noticed um, about the deep... Well, I've noticed now with the Deepkins that it's become a trend that somebody in the design studio of GW must really want to be an accountant because various ranges <laughs> now involve people counting shit on the battlefield. <laughs> right, OK. So it's just like the Death Guard. 
It's got the guy with the abacus. Yeah, the tally man. They, they, they got the, he got the, um, <laughs> the Nurgle. The, yeah. Was it the, and now you've got the guy uh, with the octopus, all counting shit. But there's nothing. So ca- some, there's nothing counting somebody, anything in uh, Daughters of Cain, though. Uh, well, not as far as we know yet. <laughs> um, probably in the future, he probably wasn't working on that project. But I'm pretty sure somebody in the went really, really wanted to be an accountant. But turns out he's bad at maths and good at sculpting, and this is and this is awesome. what's happened. If anybody knows who that person is, feel free to hit us up on Twitter, which is <laughs> probated. Um, but one thing I want to say as well is please do um, uh, something I've mentioned before is um, if you want to, particularly on Twitter, um, please do share your photos of your deep kin you're working on. We'll gladly, um, you know, uh, give you give you a bit of feedback. If you've got any ideas, share them with us. Um, if you've got something really unique or a new approach or you want uh, a little bit of feedback and um, we just want to share the work you're happy with, do it. Just hit us up. Up. Twitter is the best is the best place. I am partial to a bit of Instagram nowadays as well. We do always get back to people. Obviously, we're on Facebook, um, so that'd be awesome to see your kind of work in progress. So, as it is at the moment, the finished um, models of um, uh, of your deepkin. So yeah, definitely, please do that. And um, we will next be recording. It's be another hobby chat episode. Um, not sure who's going to be on. Can keep, uh, I've kind of got a couple of um, fingers in a few pies. Um, I'll, I'll keep getting tempted to get Diesel on. You'll literally have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> just be like, uh, that's happened. Now. now you said it, that's um, that's got yeah. to happen. Uh, and just, uh, we've been doing. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Force of Yeah, uh, George, George, pay me army. <laughs> so yeah, awesome. So cheers again for coming on, guys. Um, it's episode eleven in the bag and successfully recorded. I'm watching it. It's ticking along. It's recording. We can't Sweet. lose this one. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank well, you, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
Yeah, one of every single limited edition model. Oh, that'd be a speed cold. Yeah, so the vampire one's awesome. Uh, I haven't seen a lot lately. That Leopold Black. Scott wants some off you, doesn't Manan's Blades. Your nan's blade? Manans. Manans. <laughs> your nan's blade? Oh, my nan's. Is that, is that like your nan's omelette? <laughs> Diesel phoned me up from Gainesbury. He, he was blades. telling me he was getting my nan's blade. And I kept saying to him on his phone, what do you mean my grand's daggers? And he, <laughs> he wasn't getting it. I was going, you buy my grand's daggers? Yeah, yeah. 